your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 239 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And it's a day off today for the Ottawa Senators after a 4-1 defeat to the Vancouver Canucks, going 0-3 in another series. But this one, only a three-goal game, guys. We're getting closer. It's the closest game they've had in a little while, but there's three games remaining on this current Road trip, of course, the 0-4 record stands out, but so does the 1-6-1 overall record, getting them good for last place in the entire National Hockey League. We'll break down why that is, what Matt Murray can do to find his game, and why it was nice to see the studs come through. Kachuk was back to himself, had a great tilt at the end of the game, showing some emotion at least, and, well, a not-too-shabby goal for the Senators. All that and more, this is the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day. Today is Friday, January 29th in Pilsy. According to the poll at Send Central last night, we asked who would you rather see start the next game for your Ottawa Senators, Matt Murray or you or I? So get your gear, Pilsy. 45% want to see you between the pipes. Well, I don't know if that's such a good idea. I was a house league all-star, but going from house league to the NHL, that's quite a jump. Maybe I'll consider it if we can get our boy Shifty to design me a new mask. I got to at least look good out there if I'm going to be letting in uh, as many goals as Matt Murray. Well, or we can get you set up with uh, maybe a, an earpiece and we can do a live podcast while you're in goal getting peppered with shots. How, how good do you think you would do? Could you stop 50%? No. No chance. Uh, like if I hit 33% save percentage, I'd be pretty proud of myself. Not going to lie. Okay. So one goal against every three shots. That's about a what? Two shots better than what Matt Murray's been accomplishing this season. And a sub 850 save percentage in almost every game. Like where do you draw the line if you're DJ Smith and just sit him down for a game or two and just say, Hey, watch it from above, keep practicing and let's try to get you back into the rhythm. Cause Clearly, it's not working. And this is after the first two games of the season against Toronto. He was excellent, even in the loss. And since then, it's just been all downhill. Yeah, it's been tough sliding for Matt Murray, that's for sure. I was thinking today, and some other teams have done this. The Leafs did it real early. Let's get a game where Matt Murray's not even dressed. Like, And look... I don't want to harp on the guy, but maybe it'd be good to get a mental break, get a different viewpoint of the game from, I guess he wouldn't be in the press box. He would be a part of the the healthy scratches. Would he be in the press box? Yeah, well, I'm assuming so. Remember when they showed Colin White and Tim Stutzla at, at the one game? I know Stutzla was hurt, but they were in the box. But would he have to go to the taxi squad to get Joey out of the taxi squad? This is where the oh, confusion would happen. Very true. Yeah, that would make sense. So maybe, I don't know. I don't know how all that works. We're going to have to figure that out. But I was thinking there's a back-to-back series in February against Edmonton. Don't even dress Murray for either of those games. Get Hogberg Hogberg and Decord starting both those, both of them dressed, and give Matt Murray a mental break because it is not looking good out there. And he just, there's no confidence. Like, I swear, it seems like the only time he made saves are when the puck hit him. Like, he wasn't 
getting out of his way to make a stop. He was out of position so badly on that one goal. Like he was all the way on the other side of the crease, leaving the whole side of the net open. He's not confident with his rebounds. He seems shaky when he's moving from side to side. When guys are going behind the net, he's full. Like I saw him fully spin around and look through the back of the net facing the wrong way. I don't know. I don't like that. There's, I'm not ready to write off Matt Murray. I still think he can be a good goalie. I just think there's some major confidence issues right now. Yeah, well, these confidence issues spurned from last season. He had a sub-900 save percentage, Pelsey. Like, it's not like he came in here and just fell off a cliff a la Evgeny Dadanov, who is going to get nowhere near his 25-plus goal range and even pro-rated. It's just not going to happen this season. He's got one through the first eight. So that's a guy who you expected more from and had shown it last year, whereas Ottawa was banking that Matt Murray was going to get back to a form that we haven't seen in three years. So what is there to give you confidence that he can reignite that 2017, 2016 magic? I think for the Sens for, for this season, I don't know if they were expecting a miraculous bounce back, but they're expecting him to be average, right? Like you're expecting above 900 save percentage, which is not asking for much. And you're expecting for right around 2.5 goals against average, which is not asking for much either. And that hasn't happened. I don't, if, I, I still think like he's got a good frame. He's got the good size for a goalie. He's still young. Let's not forget. Sure, he has those two Stanley Cups, but he's only 26 years old. So there's still time. He's on a four-year deal. He's not going anywhere. If he's playing this poorly, there's no way the Sens are going to trade him. So he needs to figure it out. And I think the Sens goaltender, Coach Pierre Gru, is going to have to really work with him because there are a lot of kinks in his game that even just from from the naked eye, even if you're not a, a goalie scout or anything, you can tell he's not playing confident. And I really do think it's time to get him out of the uh, out of the game, not even dress for a game, give him some space, give him some perspective and see if that helps him out when he does come back. Yeah, I think he could do some good sitting up in the stands and seeing from a different perspective because right now on the ice simply isn't working. Out of all goalies with three or more starts, He's tied with the worst save percentage in the league. Funny enough, Pilsy, he's tied with Tristan Jari, his goalie partner last year in Pittsburgh. And you look and there's not a host of names you'd really recognize on that list. And uh, it just, it's not going Matt Murray's way. I think the fourth goal really put the nail in the coffin where it's like a sharp angle shot. He's, he's like spinning into his net at the same time. It's just, as you mentioned, there's zero confidence to his game. Yeah, that fourth goal was a really tough one. Like any other goalie, you know, when the the puck is in that position, you need to hug the post. You need to make sure you're not giving an opportunity for that player to bank it off you and in. And Matt Murray was way out of position once again. And Tanner Pearson easily banks it in off him. And that's, that's an easy goal that can't be happening. Like these are all easy goals that could have been avoided. I actually think the senators played pretty well last night as a team considering, but just these deflating moments from Matt Murray don't allow you to build any momentum. So Without a good goalie, this team's not going to go anywhere because they don't have the amount of guys that can turn a quick play into a quick goal. I mean, they have some, but it's not happening for them. So I don't know what's going to give here. Well, we're going to get back on Sunday. And by the way, no show Saturday. We're going to do Send Central Citizen on Sunday. The Sens have an extra day off between games. So their next game is against Edmonton. And talk about a couple of guys who can put up offense in a hurry. 
this is going to be a big test for Ottawa's defense because with McDavid flying around the offensive zone, things aren't about to get any easier. So what can the Sens learn from this three-game set in Vancouver and take it in to the Oilers series? Well, similar to when the Sens were coming into Vancouver, we were looking at this matchup being like, all right, out of the North Division, this is actually a good opportunity for the Sens to get some points. Vancouver's been struggling. (laughs) They've allowed the most goals against in the entire league. Now, similar scenario with Edmonton. Edmonton has allowed a crap ton of goals. I think they're third in the entire league, right behind Vancouver and Ottawa. So there is a glimmer of hope there. It's not like these guys are sound defensively. I mean, to tell an Oilers fan something they don't know or haven't heard the last five years. But when you get two guys like Dreisaitl and McDavid who are leading the league in points, shocker, that are coming in, well, they're playing the Senators, the Senators are coming into Edmonton. It's going to be tough, and you're going to need those key saves from the goalies. Otherwise, McDavid's going to be coming down the ice, and he's already counting the stats in his head. All right, I'm going to score here. Dry settle, will get an assist. Next shift, we got two points coming up too. So that can't be happening. You can't be giving these teams confidence and uh, allowing them to think they're just going to jump all over you because then it gets into your own head. It gets into your own locker room, and then there's no going up from there. So the Senators, they need to come out with a bang on Sunday, and they don't have to win that game, but they need to be damn close. Like you said it in the intro, there are three goals deficit here. We're getting closer to a win. So let's shrink that down to two, maybe even one small goals, baby steps here, guys. Great point, Pilsy. The offense is there for Edmonton. We know the superstars that they have, but defensively they're barely better than Ottawa. Ottawa's dead last in goals against per game. Whereas the Oilers are fifth last in that category. So only three points ahead of Ottawa as well. So they win this two-game set. All of a sudden, things shift in a hurry when you're only playing within the division. Before we get to our Sens Central standouts from last night's game, and yes, there are a couple, we want to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Are you ready for the Super Bowl? There's a ton to bet on. Like, how long is the anthem? What is it going to be? Heads or tails? There's every prop right at Bet Online. You can also bet on the game itself, NHL. I'm having trouble this year, but I'm not going to quit because there's always that wave. And when you're on a downturn, that's when you can't shy away because you're always a next wager away from that big win. There's only one place that has you covered. One place that we trust here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Just make sure that you use our promo code. It's locked on. Locked on. You sign up for a free account Put in your first deposit, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So you put in 100, they give you 50 just like that. 200 to 100, and so on and so forth. Pillsy's Parlay of the Day has struggled recently, just like all of my wagers. But we don't quit on the Locked On Senators podcast. Pillsy, who are we parlaying today, and how confident are you in getting back on track? Well, Ross, again, similar scenario. This is, we got to talk to the schedule makers of the NHL. There was a million games last night. Tonight, Columbus Blue Jackets versus Chicago Blackhawks. Wah, wah, wah. That's literally the only game. So, Pilsy's parlay of the day, it's been absolutely trash so far. You asked how confident I am in the parlay today. Not confident at all. I'm going to switch up my strategy here. I went in too hot, too confident all these times. I don't care what happens with this Pilsy's parlay of the day. Let's just get this one done and over with. Maybe the hockey gods will, will shine upon us this time since I'm not as invested in this one. Only one game. We're going to hit the over at five and a half. 
at plus 100, so even. And then Columbus Blue Jackets money line at minus 119. I think Jack Rosovic's going to have a big impact in this game. He's fired up to be home in Columbus. I don't think we've ever heard anyone say that before. And he's going to be looking to get hungry and get on the score sheet against these Chicago Blackhawks, whose goaltenders have not been great. So Pilsy's parlay of the day, Columbus money line and hit the over at five and a half. Who cares if it wins? Who cares if it loses? That's the right attitude. The key, though, Pills, is that you're not sitting on the sidelines anymore and you're getting into the action. Just don't forget when you do and you sign up for that free account at betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked On to receive that 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Pillsy. So it was a 4-1 loss for the Ottawa Senators. However, they did outshoot the Vancouver Canucks 37-25, to including, for once, it was the second period that tilted in Ottawa's favor. 19-9, to Ottawa outshot Vancouver in that middle frame, and we were coming off a game where it was the first period that looked good and then everything else bleak. So it was nice to see a push in the second period. That's where Ottawa got on the score sheet, and I have a feeling the man who scored one of those goals will be a Send Central standout. Funny enough, though, neither of the players we chose for our locked-on players to watch could be, even be a Send Central standout. Yeah, that's a bit of a whoops-a-daisy on our part. When you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast, and we're telling you we're going to be locked on to Derek Stepan, uh, not playing, uh, injured, day-to-day, not playing. Ross says, we're going to be locked on to Artyom Zoo, not in the lineup. <laughs> so you guys got to take a night off. You don't have to be locked on to anyone. Just relax and enjoy the game. That's what we're going to start doing here. We're going to, like, Ross, we're trying to keep it serious, but, like, we got we to gotta stay light here if we're going to stay positive because this is going to be a long season for us and Ottawa Senators fans. Oh, man. Yeah, we're just going to have to play it, uh, take it as it comes. But there, it, it's just nice to be mad about hockey, right? Like with, with how the last 10 months was over 300 days, 310 to be exact, without Ottawa Senators hockey, it's, it's almost like cathartic to, to just be, be upset about how your Senators are playing. And, oh, man, just they're just a, a goal away, right? Like when they made it 3-1 last night, I, I bet on them. They're plus 1,000 on the live line. <laughs> I put $10. I was like, you know what? Let's go. Let's go. All we got to do is get this to overtime and then just catch him on a bad change and just hope that DJ Smith doesn't put his grinders out in overtime. But alas, that fourth goal, the backbreaker, as we mentioned, uh, didn't allow that to happen. But you're right. We do have to keep more of a positive spin on things. And that's what we're known for here on the Locked On Senders podcast. So, Pilsy, who is your Send Central standout from last night's game? Yeah, Ross, for my Sun Central standout, I don't need to grasp at straws. I don't need to reach. I don't need to try to put lipstick on a pig here. All those sayings doesn't need to happen because there was one guy who clearly was trying to put this team on his back and had a bounce back game. We saw the game before Brady Kachuk did not look um, his usual self. He wasn't fired up. He looked defeated. Not this game. He comes out with a bang. Ross, how about five shots on goal and 12 hits? Like, wow. We were talking about Brady Kachuk trying to reach 300 shots, 300 hits last season. If he gets 12 hits a game, he could do that this season in a shortened season. They were showing a graphic um, on the broadcast that he's one of the first players to hit. The first. The first player. Yeah, I, I've got first. it up right here. It's Let's Brady it. Kachuk. 149 games it took him to get to 500 shots and 500 hits. That's the fewest since 97, 98. 
could, would you like to take a wager at who's second on the list? I'll tell you that the, the second and third players were former senders. Yes. Although one may have not never played. <laughs> it's Dion Phaneuf and Ryan Callahan. I remember seeing that being like, Oh wow. Makes sense. They were senators. Yeah. So Phaneuf was 195 games and Ryan Callahan was 196. The guy who was fourth was 201 and then 210. So the reason why I kept going was to show you how close it is. 15 games separate two and five. Brady Kachuk is almost 40 games ahead of anyone. That is so friggin' impressive that I don't even know where to even to begin with it. And it wasn't only the hits, Pilsy, mixing it up and showing the emotion of dropping the gloves and just saying, look, enough's enough. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what I want. I want fights from emotions flaring. I want things boiling over. And yeah, Brady was just heading to the bench. And then I think Gaudette like threw a late hit at him when the puck wasn't here. He didn't like that. Then McEwen comes in. Brady says, all right, I'm sick of this. He throws down. And man, Jay Beagle, I don't know what he said on the bench, but he better watch his ass next time they play the centers because Brady was pointing very clearly at him saying, I don't know what he was saying, but he was pissed. And then the part that I was a little nervous, though, after Brady heads to the locker room, he punches that TD glass sign really hard with his right hand. So we don't want him breaking hands off the ice, that's for sure. And look, he almost had, he had a great scoring chance, too. A nice feed from, uh, I forget who passed it to him, but then he almost dipsy-doodles right around Brayden Holpe. Luckily, Holpe got his foot out and got a toe on it. Otherwise, that would have been a nice goal there. So Brady Kachuk is my central stand, central standout because to have 12 hits in a game when you're not a grinder, when you're not an enforcer, that's absolutely incredible. That's staying involved in the game. And if he can do, I mean, I don't expect 12 hits every game, but if he can stay physical, that's going to really help his game out and keep him uh, energized and involved. No doubt. 12 hits just jumps off the stat sheet at you, right? Like, man, you don't see that every day. And it just goes to show the character down the way they were in the third period saying, you know what? We're not going quietly. And I can really appreciate that. And that's why he would make an excellent captain as would my sense central standout. And it's Thomas Shabbat. And maybe this is because he hasn't had the best games recently, but that goal, I mean, if we can get a bit more of that, it'd be lovely going forward, but it's, it's taking the puck from the center ice area and attacking the net. Like, Think about how Eric Carlson generated offense when he was in Ottawa. Yeah, there's a point shot here or there, but he was attacking off the rush. That's how he was successful. And Shabbat, such a smooth skater. He has the ability to make these kind of plays. So I don't want to see any more hesitation from him. And maybe it's a situation where he looks at his partner and who he is, and he's like, hey, I can't pinch all the time. I need to be responsible defensively. But when you're down two goals as they were three goals when when he ended up potting that one to make it 3-1, you need more. You need more. And and he brought it. He led all, all players in ice time at 24 minutes. Had his six seconds on the PK. So DJ Smith listening to me throwing him out there uh, when the other team's up a man. Although that was probably just for like a late face-off, get the, the line set up for when, when the senator got out of the box. But I loved what I saw from Thomas Shabbat. I think it was a great bounce back of the past week or two, the games that he had. And I'll also throw an honorable mention out to Timmy Stutzla because he's looking a bit more comfortable. When he was on the ice, things were starting to happen in the offensive zone. And in the third period, the lines were in a blender for DJ Smith. And he found a combination that I think is going to work. It was Tim Stutzla with Drake Batherson, some natural chemistry there. 
Yeah, I like that with Chris Tierney in the middle, if I remember correctly. So that's a nice new line. And look, you got to you got to try something like like I said before, this is essentially the first 10 games is essentially going to be like since preseason. Right. DJ Smith's trying to find out who is chemistry with who, who can who can uh, be relied upon in what moments, et cetera. So you got to try switching things up. So I don't mind that. And going back to Shabbat, I love that goal because he made a couple quick decisions. When the puck got on a stick, he quickly saw, can I make a quick pass to anyone to enter the zone? No. So I'm going to take this myself. That was the first decision. Second decision, when he crosses the blue line, he looks at Quinn Hughes and says, I can get a step on him and I'm much bigger, much stronger than Quinn Hughes. I'm going to drive the net hard and push him off me with my backside. Then (laughs) I don't know what the third decision was because he was just going for the net as hard as he could, hoping something happened and it did happen. So these are the kind of plays that Shabbat's going to have to do. And I like what you said, like maybe he's looking back and seeing his D partner and is like, "Eh, I don't really trust them to cover me if I pinch. Who cares? you're not going to trust them if you don't pinch either. No offense. So get that offense going. Make those riverboat gambler decisions. Try something. You are the catalyst of this uh, offense on the decor. Use it. Take advantage of it. Take risks. Because the only way the Senators are going to have any luck creating offense is by taking some risks. And they're already uh, defensively poor. So might as well try to risk a little bit offense in there while you're at it. And I'll say this, Pilsy, in a season that we know is for the youth, when your Send Central standouts are Shabbat, Kachuk, and Stutzla, things are heading in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the guys that you want to hear are doing well because they're the cornerstones of this entire organization. Now, if we could get a Send Central standout from the crease here and then, maybe once or twice a season, that would also be good. Well, not to worry, Pelzi, because more Send Central standouts are on the way coming up with the Nodak Sens, Sanderson, Clevin, Pinto, JBD. They're all back in action against their old buddy, Johnny, Gin and Tyconic, and Omaha. They play the first of a couple games set tonight. So you can watch that on NCHC TV. But Pilsy, before we drive into our last segment, let's make sure that all of our parts are exactly where we need them. And if they aren't, We'll go to rockauto.com because it's the family business that serves auto parts to customers and they've been doing it for 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Let's hit on that last point because the prices are the best part of rockauto.com. Always reliably low and the same whether you're a professional or just a do-it-yourselfer. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Pillsy would never. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box that way they know that we sent you reliable selection always the lowest prices it's rockauto.com 
And another one of our favorite sponsors, you guys know it, it's Built Bar. I love Built Bar. I usually have one, if I'm being honest, I usually have a Built Bar every time I'm editing the pod. And if you get a mixed box, you get lots of variety. It's a good way to start your morning off, get some protein in you, get a good flavor going. And you guys know, it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, 8 chocolate nut free flavors. The bars are always covered in 100% chocolate. My favorite part of it all, the texture. Soft, easy to chew. Never that hard, crunchy, you gotta use your back teeth to get a bite off, none of that. You don't need a fork and knife for these. They're so soft and you got a grand slam of nutrition. Low calorie, low sugar, but high protein, high fiber. All the words you wanna hear. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Perfect for the health conscious guy or girl, pillsies pick of the day coming up here and what do I always say about the Ottawa Senators defenseman they got to keep things simple so I'm keeping things simple here how about a classic flavor peanut butter peanut butter and chocolate this is the yin and yang combo of a shutdown defenseman mixed with the offensive style defenseman put them together you get the perfect built bar flavor so peanut butter is the flavor I'm picking today and guys here it is even sweeter the Built Bars are protein bars that taste like candy bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your first order. One more time for the people in the back, BuiltBar.com, and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your first order. All right, Pilsy, before we finish off the show with a couple stats and news and notes, we got to wish a happy birthday to a former Sens Tendy, your boy, Dominic Hasek, turns. 56 today. Wow. How did this fly under my radar? The Dominator's birthday, 56. Hey, honestly, call the Dominator up. Let's get him in between the pipes. I've seen he's posting on his Twitter. He's doing like marathons on his on his bicycle. He's probably in great shape. He can flop around a little. We get a, a little excitement, a couple extra saves. Let's get the Dominator back in town. Honestly, his stats with Ottawa are so ridiculous. I'm going through his game log, and obviously it was the one season. Everyone knows how it ended. The Olympics, not great. And he ended the season with a 1-2-1 and one record. So I decided to – let's see how he started. In his first 22 games in Ottawa, he won 17 of them. And he had a 932 save percentage. Yep. This, this guy was unbelievable. The greatest goalie of all time. If Like – Try to argue. I don't think you can. He's been absolutely amazing. His numbers year in or year out are incredible. He's got, he probably has a second guest house just for all his hardware. Like the guy was a Vesna champ. So Dominic Hasek, that's the reason I'm in love with the game. So happy birthday to you, the Dominator. We got to get him on the show somehow. Someone who can speak uh, Czech, get us a translation. We'll tweet at him to get him on the show. Let's do it. Yeah, 100% agree. And Pilsy, you know how Joey always talks about he went 199th overall. Tom Brady went 199th overall. Dominic Hasek went 199th overall. A 10th round draft pick, becoming the best goalie of all time. And he played in Ottawa as a 41-year-old and put up ridiculous numbers. He didn't even play the second half of the season, and he finished 7th in Vesna voting. And then he went to Detroit and won a cup as a 43-year-old. But that's neither here nor there. So happy birthday to the Dominator. Honestly, he, he could probably still play goalie for the Ottawa Senators right now at the age of 56. But Pilsy, the Ottawa Senators, that, that series against, against Vancouver, 
They got outscored 16 to three in three games, but they outshot Ottawa or Ottawa outshot Vancouver rather 116 to 95. Is that something that they can build on going into Edmonton? I think so for sure. And like I said, I actually thought the Senators didn't play that bad this game. It was just a matter of Matt Murray letting in weak goals and the Senators not being able to capitalize. And God damn it, if Connor Brown gets another breakaway and doesn't score, I'm about to lose my mind. A shorthanded breakaway, like you said, Ross, the end of a period would have been great to get that momentum. And Here's the thing, Connor Brown, he never mixes in a deke. He was clearly all alone on that breakaway and he shoots it from the hash marks. Like, come on. I mean, it was a good, it was a good shot, like low blocker. He might have been able to squeeze him there, but I want something a little more creative than that. And then of course it goes the other way. And hey, say something nice about Matt Murray. He made a big save right on the other side of that opportunity to end the period. I think it was on Tanner Pearson or someone like that. So that was a good save by Matt Murray, but Connor Brown, you got to score on a breakaway. It's been too long here. Yeah. The Connor Condra jokes were flying around on Twitter. And then somebody wrote back saying there's too much speed for Condra. I said, how about Connor Fisher? Because fish always had breakaways as well. And if he could bury on a bit more, he might be in the hall of fame, but I mean, who who knows what's going on with Connor Brown? He was on pace for almost 20 goals last year. He's just so good defensively that you can you can kind of, you know, not like the fact that he can't finish, but you can accept it almost because he brings so many other elements to his game. But someone else who's really a one-dimensional player, but that dimension is something the Sens sorely need. One goal in each of the past three games for Ottawa is Alex Galchenyuk. You believe that he should get back into the lineup? I think so for sure. And uh, it was nice to see Philip Schlappick get some ice time. I mean, he feels like we haven't talked about him in an actual game action in, in a long time. But look, the Senators are struggling to score goals. Alex Galchenyuk, he's a pure goal scorer. Like, it's pretty clear that he on the power play, he's an animal out there. He's a beast. He wants the puck. He's shooting the puck. Defensively, not that great. But like I said with the decor. The rest of the team already isn't that great defensively. So putting him in without good defensive habits, I don't think hurts your team that much. You need to, even if he's playing the fourth line, I said it'd be a waste to get him on the fourth line because five on five, he's not going to generate much offense. And I still think that's true, but they need help on the power play. Another game where they went 0 for 5 on the power play. You need to bolster up your power play with guys that can shoot because I don't think the Sens are going to beat many teams five on five here. They got to start taking advantage of the man advantage, no pun intended. And you need guys like Stutzla, Galchenyuk, Dadinov, Norris, Kachuk, Batherson. These guys got to start firing on the power play. Otherwise, the Sens, I don't see any chance of them being able to string together a couple wins here. Pilsy, I'm glad that you pointed out the power play or lack thereof because they're one of their last 19 power play opportunities and that 0-5 record that coincides that streak. I don't think that that's too much of a coincidence because you need to produce on special teams to win in this league. So is it personnel or what can Ottawa change to have more success with the man advantage? Again, and I, I hate to keep using this as like a little bit of an excuse, but this is like the Sens preseason and they're still figuring things out. They're still, they got new players and new positions here. They're still trying to work it out. I think, at least if we can say something nice about the Sens power play is their zone entries have gotten a lot better. They've, they've calmed down on that ridiculous drop pass every single time. And they've got guys, Batherson and Stutzla, I thought have been exceptional at getting the puck into the zone, just carrying it in themselves. 
but then they try to make complicated plays. They're trying to force passes. Like you guys don't have that skill, unfortunately. Like you just need to get shots on net and look for rebounds and hope for tips. And that's where they've been successful. So I want to keep seeing them try to do it that way. What I do like to break it as well, but what did you think of putting Tim Stutzla as the net front guy on uh, that five on three in the third period? That didn't work for me. He needs to be on the half wall. Yeah, I don't like that. Get him on the half ball because first he's he's not a big opposing body. I'm not going to say he's a small guy either. He's a, he's an average. So you're not getting the advantage there. He's not a guy that's going to grind it out against some of the top big defensemen who are killing penalties. So you're not getting advantage there. And you're losing his shot and his, vi- his vision and his offensive creativity on the half wall when you do that. So I think, you know, hey, like I said, you got to tinker with things. You got to try it. Tried it and didn't work. Well, usually it's Brady Kachuk's spot. That's his office, but he was in the penalty box during it, right? Jalen yeah. Chatfield hit him with that greasy cross That check. was greasy. And then Alex Edler took another greasy penalty right after. So that's why there's that open spot in Brady Kachuk's office. You know he doesn't take days off, nights off, and he proved that with his 12 hits last night. Five shots on goal as well. Just an outstanding performance from the young stud, the franchise uh, Brady Kachuk. So Ottawa off today, practice tomorrow, and then on Sunday we'll be back with a Send Central citizen and teeing up a two-game set against the Edmonton Oilers. But one more note before we go, Pilsy, and this one's a, a bit more complicated because the WHL does have a start date now. It's February 26th. However, it's only for one division. Alberta and the WHL figured out a system to get this off the ground, but They still need to figure out BC, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and there's a few teams in upper Washington uh, as well in the the state. So that's going to be a bunch way more complex, but hey, it's nice. And for Ottawa, this does maybe affect them a little bit. Now, Mad Sogard is playing over in Denmark, but Medicine Hat, his team in the WHL, is among these these Central Division teams coming back for a 24-game season. Is it worth it for him to come back, or would you keep him in Denmark? for the remainder of the year at this point i would just keep him in denmark like 24 games isn't a lot it doesn't seem like it's too certain i mean swift currents not playing the other provinces like you said haven't figured it out yet just keep him in denmark that's a decent competition league he seems comfortable comfortable over there he can still develop he's at home i think for matt sogard you keep him over in denmark and as far as the WHL, we're still waiting. We got a couple guys in Brandon with the Wheat Kings too, right? Ridley Gregg and Cole Reinhardt that we want to see get an opportunity to play as well. So hopefully we hear about that. And we were talking about it a bit off air, Ross. This is going to be real interesting how they're going to work this draft because with no junior leagues playing, really, like only one division of the Western Hockey League is confirmed to try to start the Quebec league. I don't know what's going on with them. They started and then just completely shut down the OHL. I don't know what's going on there. How are you going to draft and scout guys for this upcoming draft? And if you're the Ottawa centers, I don't want to put us in this spot yet, but it's looking like you might get a high draft pick. You don't want to just pick out straws and take a guess at who's going to be good and who's going to be not. So I think it's good. The NHL is going to have to figure something out because this, the way COVID is happening, it's really changing their yearly calendar and the process that everyone is used to going about from year in and year out. So I'm really interested to see what they're thinking for this upcoming draft. Well, Nodak's playing. So, you know, Pierre Dorian can just take Reese Gabriel yeah. with his first pick. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. That'd be awesome. 
And then Michigan's got a bunch of draft eligibles, but I know what you mean. Like that's a few in a big sea of, of draft eligible players. And it's not fair to the guys who simply can't play. Maybe they've had a great off season and, and they're ready to, to break out. We see that every year. Tim Stutzla at the preliminary of this past draft was ranked much, much lower, like middle of the first round. And he just exploded onto the scene with Mannheim. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that works. I know you mentioned maybe a, a situation would be that they hold off and they try to do two drafts in a row, obviously taking each season's standings into consideration, but that would be quite an event, hopefully with fans able to be back in. We know it's going to be in Montreal, so that's that's something to keep our eye on. We'll be all over that as we are with the Ottawa Senators. And guys, it's, it's going to get better. It can't get much worse. They're one six and one and when i say it can't get much worse it probably will in the short term but keep in mind the long-term aspect of what the sends are doing here nobody expected them to be good this year maybe except for pierre dorian and hey maybe we'll talk about that next week because i know that he thinks that the players he brought in were going to help this team and they've hurt the team so how much does that affect his stance going forward we'll save that as a tease for next week's show but for brandon pillar and i'm ross levitan we'll say goodbye for today This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.